It's the Sharing Project Podcast with me, your host, Kristen. I am back with another solo episode. I promise you that I will be getting guests here again. Um, But I need to update you all about what's been going on for me. This weekend is the anniversary of my moving out into my own place. Well, with my boys. But establishing my own home after leaving my marriage. And if you listen to my podcast, you'll know that I don't talk a ton about leaving my marriage. And that's because we are not divorced yet. We are in the process. And I don't really believe it's wise for me to talk too much about it um, while we are going through proceedings. Um, You know, just want to, yeah, for many, many reasons. So I'm not going to discuss the details of that, but one of my intentions and hopes with this podcast is to be a beacon, if I can, to for people who might be wanting to make a major life shift, um, possibly out of a marriage. And, you know, I want to be as helpful as I can and be as thorough as I can in sharing my experience so that people might listen and say, oh, wow, okay, that's what I'm going through or that's what I can expect or um, any number of things that might be helpful. So all that saying, I will share more. And in fact, I'm actually, um, I'll say I'm working on, that's a little bold because I am not like actively working on it, but I have gathered some chapters and pieces and bits and ideas for writing a book about my process. So that will be forthcoming at some point. And then I anticipate that I'd probably release like chapters from it before the actual whole manuscript is done. This is very kind of, um, what's the word? Um, ah, what's the word? I'm not going to say pie in the sky. Anyway, you get the gist of what I'm saying. It's not something that like I have a deadline on yet, but it is something that I do intend to do and would like to do. So um, that will tell more stories about what this first year has been and this saga continues. So there's still going to be a lot more to tell. Um, I'm recording in my home. I'm just going to do this all in one take. You're going to hear stuff like that, like people thinking they're fancy, driving past super fast. As soon as the sun sets, people just think I can drive by super fast on this on this um, street. So we get a lot of that and my door's open, letting in the fresh air and my cats are sitting at the door. So I have a lot to update you all on and this is just going to be that. So if that's interesting to you, keep listening. If that's not interesting to you, then this may not be the episode for you. Come back when I have a guest on. I have a couple people that I've reached out to who've said, yes, I'd love to be on your podcast and I just need to follow up with them and get that, um, get that going. But it's been a hectic last several months (laughs) and I actually tried to record a update an update back in June it's September now but I just found myself rambling and I just thought this isn't this isn't share worthy so I got 12 minutes of me talking about Charlie Puth and Queer Eye and I don't know what other whatever else I was blathering on about so speaking of blathering on I realized that my sound is kind of maxing out um So I'm going to pause for just a second to work on fixing that sound problem. All right. So where should I begin, you guys? Um, It's Labor Day weekend. I moved out into this house that I'm in. I call it my heart home. Um, Gosh, I have a long list of topics to hit on. 
and I don't even know where to start. How about I start with my cats? Can we start light, light and fluffy like my cats? So we got cats and they're cute and they're sweet and they're brother and sister and the boy is Jasper and the girl is Jade and they're five months old and I love having them here. I, would, I mean, I have to scoop their poop and feed them, but I love having them here. They come and snuggle on me. And when the boys aren't with me, it's nice to have the companionship. So my friend Molly, who's a friend from my, my kid's school, um, our boys went to preschool together and now all the kids go to elementary school together. They were fostering these cats, her family. And um, I kept seeing pictures of them on Facebook and I was like, oh, they're so cute, but I don't think I want two cats. And they came as a pair and she talked me into it. So. <laughs> thanks molly so now we have jasper and jade we renamed them they came to us as jojo and jeremy and even before that they were i think she said the rescue had named him adam jeremy which i'm like i don't know why a cat needs two human first names but okay and then i think her name was ada joe so they shortened them to jojo and jeremy and i just i couldn't have a cat named jeremy you guys it's just too human jojo can be a pet name because it's a you know it's like a nickname but I couldn't have a cat named Jeremy so we renamed them Jasper and Jade I thought that would be fun to have them be named Gems we live right around the corner from Rock Paradise and follow your heart oh my gosh if it wasn't maxing out before I definitely maxed out on Rock Paradise which is the gem store in Canoga Park so this whole vibe of this area for me, this old town, Canoga Park, is very kind of hippie. It's got very spiritual vibes for me. So I thought gem names would be awesome. So yeah, we have cats. We're not supposed to have cats where we live, but we have them. So they're... <laughs> Let me touch on my neighbor situation. Speaking of um, what we're supposed to do and allowed to do where we are, just briefly, I don't want to get into it. That's my new phrase right now. I don't want to get into it. And because... I don't want to get into it because then I get going, I get, I get, I get on a, I get on a rampage talking about the problems in my life and I don't want to do that here. But the short of it is that the house that I'm in shares a land, shares land and owner with the house behind me. So my owners own both homes. Technically they're one lot, but there is, you know, fencing up to, to delineate them. And from the beginning, there have been problems with my neighbors. They first had to do with their dogs jumping over our fence. They're not supposed to have dogs. Oh, there's just been a lot of drama this last year with the neighbors. And I've tried to be very understanding, very patient, leave the landlords out of it, handle it between the two of us. And the main guy has been really receptive. Like, text me anytime. Let me know, you know, if there's anything you need or whatever. So in retrospect, I think he was just being nice to me because he didn't want me to, like, report what they were really doing over there which I think and I could be wrong I think that they the renters haven't actually really been living there they've had their mother living there and then a bunch of other randos again could be their family members I don't know but you know I feel this going south already because I sound like a judgmental Karen and that's not my intention but um there's just been a lot of like shadiness and if it wasn't for the junk piled up in the yard and the poop smell wafting over the fence, I honestly, honestly would not really care. Have whoever you want living at your house. I really, really don't care. It does not affect me or bother me in the least. But when you have the people who had the trailer 
what am I saying? There were people living out of a trailer down the street. And now those people are hanging out at the house next door. Essentially, it's like, dare I say, like a squatter situation. Anyway, I ended up finally saying something to the landlord like, hey, I don't know if you're aware, but like the next door neighbors here, like your other house, like there's junk everywhere. There's poop smell. There's like, you know, people, shady people hanging out at all hours of the day. It's just very uncomfortable, as my friend Jessica said, very unsavory living conditions. And I just wanted you guys to know that that's my experience over here. I haven't said anything all year long. Been super, I think, super patient with the whole charade. And I was like, enough already. You know, I got home one day and there was a suitcase sitting in front of my garage that was swarming with flies, like one of those little zipper rolly suitcases. And I'm like, okay, first of all, yuck. Um, second of all, why is that in front of my garage? So when I went back to check on it, the people who were next door had kind of like swooped it up and taken it away. So there's just been a lot of like, just a lot of uncomfortable, um, stuff living next door to that. And now, and since I said something, they didn't have their lease renewed. So, uh, the neighbor texted me and was like, did you say something to the landlord? And I was like, yeah, I actually did. And then he let me have it. So they're not happy with me. So now every time I get home, I'm like, I don't want to make eye contact with them. Like, I actually don't even see them. I see all their people. I don't actually ever see them here, which is what makes me think they don't actually live here. But again, that's not really my business. What is my business is the trash, is the smell, is the people leering at me as I pull into my driveway. Like, come on. I live here with my children. Like, I don't need any of that. So anyway, that's been super, super uncomfortable enough so that I wanted to leave. But now that they're moving out, they're supposed to be out in a week, less than a week. I'm like, okay, let's have them move out and see how things go. But my landlords are so (sighs) how they are that I don't trust them to bring in a quality tenant because I don't see them really caring about their properties. I don't see them stopping by and checking on things like They have like six or seven and I don't think they really care. And if they care, they don't show it. So, you know, pardon me for putting words in their mouth, but the way that they behave. So anyway, I think that's all I'm going to say about the house situation. I don't want to get into it because I get upset. Um, But I'm just going to just kind of tick, tick boxes and check on topics and what's going on. So I'm still not divorced. We let me just say this much about it. Okay. We entered into mediation about a year ago and mediation has not has not um, been the path toward a resolution so let's just say as of this weekend we are no longer mediating which if you know anything about a divorce process that means that we now will be lawyering up and letting lawyers represent us and solve our case or settle our case I don't know that there's any solving anything ever But that's what I am looking at. And if you know me, you know that that is the very, very last thing I wanted to happen. Um, But unfortunately, I'm working with a situation where the other party does not want to play by the rules. So if there are no rules and we're not playing by the same rules, then there's really no point in trying to reach a negotiated, you know, what would be otherwise a civil solution so there really is no solution this path forward if the parties are not going to play by the rules so it's been really hard for me to accept 
I have wanted nothing less than to litigate, both mostly for the financial, but also the emotional and psychological stress of it. But unfortunately, despite all of my efforts to try to, you know, reach a, a, a settlement through this path, it's just not going to happen. And that's been really, really hard for me to accept and admit. And I thankfully have some extremely strong warrior, princess, queen friends who are totally on my side, who understand me and what I'm about, but who also know how to tell me, hey, girl, this is this is the truth. Like, this is what needs to happen. So that's all I'm going to say about that for now. Um, oh, my gosh. Let's talk about work. Okay. So um, this last, you haven't heard from me. You haven't heard from me because I got really busy. I started working full time. I started working full time in March and it took a lot, a lot, a lot out of me. I was teaching uh, middle school I was teaching middle school. I was teaching religion and literature to sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. And I had six classes every day. Some days I, I would have like a period off, but most days I had six classes and every class had a different lesson plan, totally different novels we were reading, totally different curriculum. And, you know, not, not just the lesson planning, but also just um, getting, you know, revving back up to be going to work full time, which meant I have to be up every morning, ready every morning, out of my house every morning. And I know a lot of you do this and have done this your whole lives, but this has not been my norm, right? I'm coming off of being a stay-at-home mom, being on a kid's schedule, you know, working part-time here and there. And so I had to actually quit my preschool job to take on this new full-time job. And it was good for me in a lot of ways. It was also very challenging in some ways. Good for me was that it got me back up and used to working full time, which I really needed. I needed that discipline. I needed that stretch. Um, good for me. It brought in some good money so that I could pay off some debt, although the debt accrued again, but you know, just to be a little bit more financially stable. Um, what else? How was it good for me? Oh, it was really good for me to build up some confidence and to get a chance to see, hey, you know what? I am really good with kids. And like this, you know, I used to do this kind of work and I still got it. I still got it. I can lesson plan. I can classroom discipline. I can present. I can PowerPoint. <laughs> I do keynote now, but you know, it's like, I got it. I can do this. So um, now I know that it was a really good precursor to the work I'm doing now. So just to say about to wrap up the middle school thing, I ended up having the chance to apply to be their permanent, well, how permanent you get on a, on a year to year contract, but their permanent teacher and I decided not to um, because I did not want that particular workload. And also I found some challenges with the school that I didn't think were going to be changing. And one of the things I'm working on in life right now is boundary setting and boundary maintaining. And one of my boundaries is that I don't want to work for an organization or institution that doesn't align with my values. And unfortunately, there were some colleagues there and some of the way that the school was run that I thought was toxic, that I thought was very unhealthy, that, that created an unhealthy work environment, both as a teacher and for the students and the families. And I just decided that I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be part of it. Um, I did try, I did, I did share my grievances with the principal 
I, for the first time ever, was very open and honest with a supervisor, which is something in the past I would have really, really struggled to do. In the past, I would have fawned and I would have, <laughs> you know, just try to be everybody's favorite person and never say or do anything that would make anybody, you know, not like me. But, you know, I'm entering a new phase of life where I care less and less about what people think of me and whether or not they like me. If I am being true and honest, um, I'm never outright malicious toward anybody. But, you know, if I'm being true and honest and they don't like me for that, then that's that's their option and their choice. And that's not my problem to solve. So anyway, I ended up sharing this stuff with the principal who at the time was very receptive to what I had to say and even thanked me. But then I didn't see any signs of anything changing. In fact, some of the people that I, you know, was commenting on their behavior actually got promoted within the school. And I thought, well, that's not a that's not a good sign. <laughs> you're going to thank me for telling you about X, Y, and Z, and then you're going to go and promote those people. I'm like, okay, so obviously this isn't going to change and you're not interested in it changing. So no, thank you. Um, I did think it would be really cool to be the music teacher there. It's a K through eight, the Catholic, you know, grade schools are K through eight or TK even, but they had somebody and they weren't interested in replacing that person. So I had to move on. And then I ended up um, getting, you know, when you think, God, I don't know, how is this all going to work out? How am I ever going to get what I want? Am I ever going to get what I want? I thought, well, K-3-8 would be really awesome because, you know, I love kids of all ages and this way I don't really have to pick. I get to work with all of them um, and it's music. So yeah, it's, it's hard and you still have to lesson plan. You still have to grade. You still have to, you know, run several classes a week, but gosh, if it's music, then I could see myself having a lot more, um, a lot more sustainable energy for that. So, um, my friend Christina, whose kids go to a school in Glendale, she literally texted me like probably the day or the day after I told that other school, I wasn't going to, excuse me, continue. Actually, I had already told them I wasn't going to continue. It was, it was closer to the end of the school year. She's like, Hey, I know you said you're kind of like done with Catholic schools and that, for that I'm not going to talk a lot about that right now but like you can listen to one of my previous episodes when I get into that but um but she's like but my kid's school needs a music teacher would you want to do it and I was like yes please that sounds perfect and it worked out that's the short story is that it worked out and they hired me and now I work there and I teach TK through eight music it's twice a week, which is crazy. I teach five classes, five nearly hour long classes. Every time I go, I see half the school on one day, half the school on the other. Um, and then another Tuesday, two days a week, I'm back at my preschool. So I did go back to the preschool this summer. I'm really grateful that the director just lets me kind of come in and out as I need to, but I'm in it for now and I'm there part time. I'm there twice a week. And also there, I see five classes every time I go, except those are only 20 minute, 20 minute sessions. But I'm loving being back at the preschool. I have a new energy for it. Um, I feel excited that I know the kids' names so much better this year, so I can call them by name. And it just makes the whole experience um, more enriching and more enjoyable. So yeah, so Mondays I'm at the elementary. It's in Glendale, so it's a commute. 
Tuesdays and Wednesdays I'm at the preschool and then Thursdays I'm at the elementary and one Friday a month the school has mass and I'm in charge of the mass so I'm in charge of coordinating the mass planning the music teaching the music so Fridays are kind of you know interesting because I only work one Friday a month so the other Fridays I'm still looking for more stuff to do so um, I am on their sub list so I'm going to be doing some sub work over there but I'd rather find something that's closer to home so I don't have to drive all the way to Glendale <gasps> yet another day out of the week. So that's what's going on with me work-wise. I'm not earning very much money, relatively. Um, I need to be making a lot more money than I'm making. And for the amount of work that I'm doing, I'm not, I'm not making enough money. However, um, it's, you know, it's, it's something I love. And hopefully it's something that will grow and that, you know, I can make a bigger job out of possibly next year and in the years to come so um on the work front I have been really really happy to get some invitations to do some kids parties again so a preschool family approached me and was like hey can you play for our son's birthday in October and I was like yes and then really cool referral from a friend I did a friend's kid's first birthday several years ago it was pre-covid and they have a cousin, I think it's a cousin, who saw me there and who wants me to do their daughter's first birthday coming up in September. So they called me and I'm going to do their birthday party. So anyway, you know, I have a tendency to panic about work and like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to earn money? And um, what I'm learning is that the invitations come. They may not come when I want them to come. <laughs> But my job is just not to freak out. In other words, my job is to have faith that there is a larger force looking out for me. I think of that as God, but it doesn't have to be, you know, a religious or divine being. It can just be goodness looking out for me that is bringing into my path the things that are going to help me thrive and sustain. So... I got to do a really cool gig at LMU. That's my alma mater, Loyola Marymount. Last week, I got to sing um, the high school that I was doing music at that I that I can't do anymore because of my new job. They asked me to come do their first mass of the year, so I'm I'm getting a chance to do a lot of cool things and make you know musical contributions and get paid, which is great. So that's all that's all actually coming along really really nicely. But I'm not done. I need more. I want more more work. So if you're listening to this and you are like, Hey, Kristen could give my kids lessons or we could hire Kristen for our birthday party or gosh, even something I haven't thought about. Um, I'm in the game. Call me up. Let me know. I can sing on your studio session. There's so many things that I'm available to do. Um, but this isn't a commercial for me and my gifts. It's just a outreach, obviously to connect with my audience, which I think is mostly just family and friends, um, which is totally fine. And if you're a new friend that I haven't met and you listen, please send me a message. Um, you can send me an email at, gosh, I don't even know my email address. I haven't checked it in so long. I think it's the sharing project podcast at Gmail. <laughs> Let me double check that. <laughs> anyway, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, sorry, I just opened my email and saw an, an unsavory message <sighs> that I didn't want to see. Okay. Yeah, I think it's the sharing project podcast. I'll put it in the show notes. 
Anyway, I was inspired to record this episode by my friend Emily, who's actually my podcast accountability partner. She recorded her first and second episodes that she had done in a while. And she's like, I'm just going to do this off the cuff. I'm just, I'm not going to worry about the sound of my washer dryer in the background. And I'm like, you know what, Emily, let's do it. I'm back too. So Emily's podcast is called the Sorry Less Podcast, and I'll link her in the show notes as well. Please check her out. She just shared a really, really cool story um, about an experience she had where she, because she kind of messed up, she, she forgot something and it possibly cost her a job but listen to the whole story because it's really really good she has a lot of wisdom to share and I love love the way Emily tells a story it just has me on the seat of my pants that's what I said to her today I was like I was on the seat of my pants (laughs) I was on the edge of my seat is the expression god oh my gosh okay so what else I've talked about work I've talked about um a little bit about divorce My kids are doing great. They're in school. They're so smart. They're so fun. Um, I continue to deal with the challenge of not being with my kids all the time. Um, I do rather lead a double life where when I'm with my kids, I'm in total mom mode. And when I'm not with my kids, sometimes I'm a little lost. And I'm still figuring out like who I am when I'm not with them. Like, who, I mean, I most parents don't get this opportunity to, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to call it an opportunity. All parents, I think, are challenged to figure out who they are once they become parents. But most of us have to do that within the structure of the family, right? You have to negotiate time off with your partner. You have to deal with the, you know, the challenge of being away from the kids. There are questions, why aren't you here? Why are you going out? If you choose to go back to work, oh, that shifts the whole dynamic. So I think all parents have to do it regardless. I am in the, I would say, more unique position where I literally do not have my children in my care half the time. So that the time I have to figure out what I'm about and what I want to do with my my alone time, obviously I work, but when I'm not working, it's I'm almost like I'm 20 again. It's like, not 20, maybe more like 30 well, let's say 34, 33, because that's how old I was when I met, you know, my, my, my husband, my ex-husband. But it's like, huh, what am I about? What do I want to do with my spare time? Do I go to the gym? Do I drink? Do I party? Do I hook up? Do I go out with friends? Do I watch TV? Do I record a podcast episode? Do I play music? Like, there's so many options. And sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming. So you know, I'm saying my first year out of my marriage was the theme was I will survive. And the second year out of my marriage is about the new normal. It's like really establishing what is, what do I really want my life to look like? You know, um, what do I really want my life to look like? What am I going to do with my spare time? What am I going to do with my career? Um, who, you know, when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling lonely, will I sit and just eat a bag of Oreos while I binge watch TV? Yeah, sometimes. But what, what would I like to be doing? Will I reach out and be like, hey, I'm lonely. Hey, I'm bored. You want to hang out? You know, and tonight I just, I tried that approach. I reached out to a couple people and I was like, hey, you want to go for a, 
a sunset walk and that friend was like no I already have plans but thanks and then I reached out to another friend I'm like hey you want to go on a hike and she's like come over we're drinking tequila I'm like okay it sounds even better <laughs> so anyway the second year is about the new normal and um, maybe that's too premature to even be trying to establish a normal because things are not normal maybe once the divorce is finalized then it's really getting into a new normal but I guess for me it's like what is maybe maybe that's not the best phrase maybe I'll think of something better but the whole idea for me is like what are the sustainable ways of being this is no longer I'm trying to survive right I have survived I'm not I'm not screwed up yet <laughs> not in all ways what do I want my life to look like how do I lean on my people? How, what kind of community am I gathering around myself? And um, how, what can I do to, you know, to build, to build my new life beyond just surviving? So I'm not going to quite say to thriving. I mean, I w I'm not going to resist thriving, but I don't know that I want to have that expectation quite yet definitely the it is a process and it's different for everybody and might i say i think a lot of it is is largely based on financial circumstances so i have a friend going through a divorce and she's also a year into it like i am and she spent this year thriving i would say i think she would probably say that too but i think and i could be wrong and i could be stunting or stifling myself with this belief but i think a lot of it had to do with the fact that she had her own money and she's always worked and she has a lucrative career and you know that wasn't a concern for her she's like i have my money you know i have my money i make my money she wasn't fo she wasn't trying to figure out how the heck do i get money and i think that having had this experience this year of like how the heck do i get money it's it it takes over your life there's not a lot of time for a lot of leisure and a lot of extra when you're just worrying and wondering about how you're going to pay your next you know rent bill so you know money whether we like it or not it it is it is a a deciding factor of quality of life obviously no duh anyway i'm coming up on i don't know how much time but i feel like i'm feeling like i should wrap this up this is obviously not an exhaustive list of things that have been going on in my life but i think it's kind of the most important stuff um i'm gonna save i'm gonna give you a little teaser but i'm not gonna talk about it here and now again going back to the beginning of this podcast there are certain things that i'm not ready to talk about until my divorce is finalized but i would really really like to and i will and i'm excited to finally one day soon share about dating through the divorce process and what that looks like and what my experience has been like i have lots of stories to share and you know, lessons learned and ongoing stuff to talk about what it's like to start dating in your 40s after a marriage and also while going through a divorce. So yeah, I don't think I'm going to say anything more about that now. But if you listen this far, really, really appreciate that. Um, check out my friend Emily's podcast. I'll link it. Hit me up if you are listening and I don't know you. Just send me a little message say hey um follow me on instagram i do have a sharing project podcast instagram again i think it's called look at me looking it up because i don't even remember it's been a while 
I think it's called The Sharing Project Podcast. So find me there. I don't do a lot of posting on there, but as I'm getting more and more back into casting, I will share more and more there. But you can also find um, some info about some of my earlier episodes. And yeah, if you are going through a divorce, I would actually love to hear from you. If you want to share with me or if you have questions for me or you just need support. Oh, let me actually close with telling that little story. So a friend of mine reached out and was like, hey, I know you're really interested in helping people who are going through divorces. And I have this friend, um, let's call her Carrie, and she is going through something very similar to what you're going through. And, you know, I thought it would be good for you guys to connect. And I was like, yes, 100% absolutely connect us. So we got to connect and we actually had a really, really great phone conversation. And Carrie was sharing with me so many things about her experience that were like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. I tried so hard not to make the call about me and my journey and what I wanted to tell her, but she's at the place where she hasn't made that final, final, final decision. Like, yes, I am leaving this marriage. Like she thinks she's decided that, but she hasn't actually taken, actually, I won't say she hasn't because at the time we spoke, which was a few weeks ago, she hadn't taken the physical steps out but she you know just was like this is this is what I'm this is most likely what I'm doing and I just need to figure out the next step and I was like oh my gosh I have so much to say to you I told her but I really also wanted to just listen because I know how important it is in that phase to just have somebody hear you and to know that you're not alone so I told her at the end of our call, or maybe I texted her after the fact, how valuable it was for me to have the chance to talk with her, not only to share my experience and, you know, any wisdom that I've gleaned, but just as like a way for me also to celebrate how far I've come because I've had to, I've been up against some really challenging odds. And, you know, sometimes when people get divorced, it's like both parties mutually agree and it's like, okay, like this is what's happening. And the other partner is sad or even devastated, but still at least supportive. And that has not been my experience. So um, it's been it's been a challenge and it's been scary. So I felt really, really good about the chance to share with this friend about how it's been for me and how she can do this and how I'm here for her. So I just want to share that little anecdote because, you know, what I suspected which would be true, which is like that it would feel good to be able to support people in that way was was real. And so I'm still open for that. So if you listen and you want to reach out to me and ask questions, I mean, obviously I'm not a divorce expert. I'm just a person going through one, but I could definitely listen and, you know, maybe even help point you in some directions. It is rather lonely road and it's not a clear path. Um, especially if you don't have the money to just lawyer up and just let the lawyer take care of everything, which up until this point, well, even still, I haven't had that, those means. So, um, you know, it's not like in the movies where you get a lawyer and then, you know, 20 minutes later you're in trial and then everything's settled. It's so much stickier and could be so much uglier than that. So anyway, I'm here, I guess, um, Maybe I should just make my whole podcast about divorce. I don't know. I'm not ready to say that yet. For now, it's still the Sharing Project podcast where I share with kindred spirits about important things 
about life, things that I hope are helpful. Um, stay tuned. I'll be back with you soon with another episode. My next episode will be, I'm saying this for myself. My next episode will be a conversation with another person so that you can hear us talk about, you know, something that might be helpful to you. All right, guys, happy Labor Day. Happy Sunday. I hope you're having a great one. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye.